1: Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about how to create better, how to create better family, self, business, and health. And I am so delighted and thrilled to have my guest with me today. She is a friend, someone who I haven't seen for way too long, but an incredible woman. In fact, she calls herself the Chief Happiness Officer. My friend, Michelle Lalonde, is an entrepreneur, a wife a mom of three small humans and four, that's right, four fur babies. And she's been growing Tiber River with her business partner and company founder, Adriana DeLuca, for the past 17 years. And Tiber River is a fast-growing, vertically integrated company that formulates, manufactures, and distributes eco-friendly personal care and home products. And they are beautiful. They all smell like delicious, if I can say that. They smell so good. And you definitely need to check this out. And of course, I will have all of this in my show notes so you can find the website and get a catalog to your door right away. Now, they sell their products through retail locations, online and a direct sales division with a team of Tiber ambassadors across Canada. And congratulations, they recently expanded into the USA. I want to say welcome, Michelle. Hello.
0: You. Hello, Elaine. Thank you so much for having me today. I was so excited. Really looking forward to this.
1: I I am thrilled. We just I need you to come here so I could take you out for dinner or lunch.
0: We'll be looking at flights later today. Let's make that happen. <laughs>
1: Okay. Now, you are in Manitoba.
0: That is correct. Winnipeg, yes. Manitoba, right in the center of Canada. Mm-hmm.
1: And how is the weather there right now?
0: It, I can't even tell you. They said it was going to be a cold, snowy winter, and they have delivered. I have not seen this much snow since I was a child, and wow. it's been crazy. Really, really cold. Today was minus 26. I don't want to check the yeah. morning more like minus it's like the polar vortex so. oh my goodness wow well it
1: sounds beautiful my kids would probably want to fly there just to like play in the snow
0: <laughs> it's beautiful yeah oh so goodness. everyone that does skiing and we've got a beautiful trail in the river and skating is you know it's, it's great to get outside so
1: well yeah. it sounds beautiful and cold and i'm glad you're inside with a hot cup of coffee with me right now i i, I want you to tell us a little bit about you like like you are incredible and just lovely and and you're humble because you've won, won multiple awards and all that. But there must have been something in your childhood that helped shape who you are. Is there a story you could tell us of just an example of something that happened in your younger years that shaped you to be where you are today?
0: Certainly. There's many, but I, I narrowed it down to one common thread So I'm 51, be 52 in April, and my husband's turning 50 this year. We both share the same birthday, but I grew up in um, Oak Bank. I live in the city, but I grew up um, in the country. And so my, where I lived was right beside Birds Hill Park. It was this beautiful two and a half acre spot where um, I just had a really beautiful childhood. And I, as a child, I was always very creative. And when I look back at um, growing, starting, growing, building a business and what I get to do every day in my company, there's a lot of creativity. So I go, I look back as a child and I, you know, I asked my mom for stories all of the time and I had a very busy, active, creative brain and I did things because I grew up in the country. I would make mud pies and sell them to my neighbors. (laughs) I think very early on, um, I was always creating things and I would try to sell them. I made, um, comic strips and I'm so sad that my mom didn't keep them, but I would, I was very creative and always looking at different ideas. And, um, I think that that really led me to where I am today for sure. I
1: love it. I love it. If you could, sell, my parents. Sorry, if you could sell a mud pie, you could pretty much sell anything girl. <laughs>
0: It's, it was so funny. And my parents both started their own businesses. Um, my mom had a bakery, had a clothing store where I would go after school. So I grew up with that example of my wow. parents, you know, creating their own path in life. And and so I think that I was definitely impacted from, I think you're born with certain DNA, but these experiences definitely um, created who I am today and, and led me to where I am today, for sure. I, I love it. And you had
1: entrepreneurial parents and you said your mom had a bakery selling clothing as well
0: she started her first business she stayed at home with me when i was young and she would work in uh, retail stores but she she started she opened a, a jean store a clothing store was her first business oh, wow and then she sold that she opened that with a friend sold that and then she had a bakery um and then she also i think in her clothing store sold videos so she was always doing um she created her own opportunity
1: that's wonderful that's awesome no wonder you were selling mud pies <laughs> it was just part of your nature that's so makes sense. Yeah. Now, how did you then get into Tiber River? Like, how did that path happen?
0: So, I went to university. I got a degree um, in business and I went into corporate sales and marketing. My first real career was uh, financial. I was a financial planner and I worked at a, a Great West Life. And I did that for about five years and working with investments and insurance and all of those kinds of things. Um, and then I went to a, uh, food company for a year as a sales and marketing manager. And then I worked with a company called ADP for about four years, um, selling to large businesses. It was payroll and, uh, resource management solutions. And I love that, but I always knew from a young age, I wanted to do my own. I wanted to do, I wanted to create something for myself. And I took awesome. a Dale Carnegie course and I quit my job and opened a boutique in uh, an area called Osborne Village. And I just wanted to create something that was my own and got pregnant shortly after that. But this is where I met Adriana. So that's where the Tiber River story began was that that one decision to do something different led me down a a path for the last 17 years. Wow. So like, did she just walk into your
1: store with soap? Like what?
0: What A friend of mine had told me about this amazing soap and these products that Adriana made um, at her store. And so I would try them. And then I approached her to make some products specifically for me and my business. And that's where it started. And she um, closed her store and was focusing on some wholesale customers in the Winnipeg area. And I approached her about, um, I would sell the products in my retail location. And that was where our business partnership started and developed. And it's, it's interesting because we didn't know each other that well we weren't personal friends but we had this um connection and I knew from my background in sales and marketing that you have a great product you can do amazing things and at that point they the products were in these um just white containers very plain very simple hand cut laser printed labels and um that's that's where it began was I, I would carry her products in my my retail location
1: wow that, that yeah. is 17 years now What would you say was one of uh, the biggest pivots in your 17 years?
0: So from when we decided to partner, and I think from the beginning, we opened a flagship location, we partnered and rebranded in 2005. And that was when our, our journey began. And from the beginning, um, when we were looking at, um, and I really honoured Adriana asking her questions about why did you create Tiber River? What was your vision? Um, And going through those conversations, we realized that we needed to go back to a retail, to having a retail location where people could experience products they can learn about Mm -hmm. ingredients, learn about the environments, creating a community. And, and from when we opened our first location together, uh, we were very clear on, on what we wanted, the experience that we wanted to, to create for our customers.
1: I I love how versatile your company is that you, you sell on many different levels, right? In the retail, you sell um, online and through ambassadors across the country. Just amazing. There's so much that I want to ask you and learn from you now I'm sure that you get asked often by small business owners, um, for advice, but I'd love for you to share right here, your, your top five tips that every small business
0: owner should know. You should write a book. book. (laughs) So to go quickly, go back to the last question that you asked me actually. And it was really a pivotal decision that we made was when we launched our direct sales division. Wow. That's eight, nine years ago. We went back to our roots um, when Adriana started, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more back there, but we, we changed, we focused, we created a new business model that aligned with, uh, where we were, um, in our lives and what we wanted for the company. And awesome. that, that's really what got us to here today, where we are, um, top five picks. I had a really hard time choosing five. Um, at the top of the list, I put down people, Um, uh, we are only as good as the people that we, that we have, that we work with. And, um, that is something that would be the number one piece of advice is surround yourself with good people. And my second piece of advice is around that is you don't know what you don't know. So surround yourself with experts in different areas and, and hire those people who are, who are smarter than you that know more um, through the years, you know, you wear many hats and, you know, the human resources and accounting and it's really important to make sure that we surround ourselves with, I love that. I
1: love that. Right. Cause often the entrepreneur is wearing multi, multi hats and you just can't do it all. And of so like learning how to do something, exactly what you said, hire the expert who knows how to do that. It took me like 10 years to figure that one out too. <laughs>
0: We're still figuring that out. Um, the third the third tip is to know your numbers. And when we started off on our entrepreneurial journey together, we did not know our numbers. And we, along the way, hired people that could help us. We knew we didn't know what we needed to know. Um, and so we hired some key people that helped us really understand our numbers and then plan around those numbers. Um, that is, from the beginning, one of the most important things, I think, that we can do.
1: Michelle, would you say that? like hiring a bookkeeper or an accountant? Is that what you mean? Or like a CEO? Yeah.
0: So as you grow from the beginning, having a strong bookkeeper, someone that can keep track of your, um, all of your expenses and and do the things. Like I remember there were many days where I was balancing our cash cashflow sitting at my dining room table and, you know, doing um, payroll, like outsource some of those things. Um, and it takes a while sometimes to afford them, but um, just to prioritize. So, you know, and having a Excellent. good account. And now, you know, we have a really great CFO and a great um, team. Obviously, we have built that. But from the very beginning, do what you can to have those people to set you up properly, because that, that data and those numbers and that information um, helps you make the right decisions. And it's impossible to make strong business decisions without that information.
1: I, I love that. So true, knowing your numbers, because that those spreadsheets are like your, your health chart for your business. Right. And if you don't know, like, like it could be like clotted arteries, which means like, it's just choking out all the cash from your cash flow. And you need to know, you need to stay on top of that. So true. Like just, even if it's, you're starting out looking at your bank account every day, like just keeping on top of what's coming in, going out, that's what just start somewhere for sure. Number four
0: before uh, know that this is not easy. This is not, there's nothing about starting a business, building a business, growing a business, being an entrepreneur, that's easy. Just accept that and know that. Um, and, and really there is no such thing as balance. Everyone talks about this, this mythical balance and <laughs> what the heck heck it does not exist. And, oh. and I like to call it a perfect, imperfect balance. I know you and I both have three kids and, and, you know, we're growing businesses and I think it's imperfect balance. It's going where you're needed at that time.
1: Absolutely. making the right choices to, and, you know, I, I have the honor of going on stages and sharing about, you know, that when I had a stroke and, and lessons I have learned. And one of them is just prioritizing your time. There is no such thing as balance, right? But learning to put your time and energy where your heart is, because when you do that, it takes out away mom guilt and people pleasing and all these things that are unnecessary and I'm going to say a waste of time, like, and, and yeah. your emotions, right? Like just learn to say no. Yeah. It's all good.
0: Say no. you're saying yes to other things and we can do it all and have it all, but not all at the same time.
1: Nope. <laughs> absolutely.
0: Flow. You know, today my kids need me tomorrow. You know, it's just going where you are needed most at the time and, and being okay with that.
1: No, absolutely. Was that your four and your five, the imperfect balance? <laughs>
0: No, my number five is again, goes back to surrounding yourself with a network and a community to support you because this is not easy. this is this is hard, and sometimes um, you know, it's hard on your family, too. So making sure you have a network of support, um having a coach, having a met mentor, having a community, um, like where I met you, you know, with Revolution her, a community of different um, women, business owners, just surrounding yourself with people that can support I love you. It. I love that three of your five have
1: to do with people and surrounding yourself with a good team, surrounding yourself with experts, surrounding yourself with a support network. I, I love it. it. It's so true. It is a lonely path. And I remember when I first started, I felt like I'm doing this by myself. And there weren't many groups out like 10 years ago. And I happened to be invited to one on Facebook in in the USA, starting in the southern states, someone found me on Facebook and just said, hey, come join us. And it was a group of women who were manufacturers and we were learning from each other. And you know, because often our background is not in manufacturing <laughs> or business. Often I was a school teacher, and you know, I've been taken advantage of a couple of times because I'm very trusting. And I I still am because I want to see the best in people. And then unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't work out in a good way, but uh, every step I learn from and I move forward and that's so important. I love that you talk about how it is not easy and we need to remember that because it's a dream when someone's like, oh, look at Tiber River, they make products, I make products, I can sell across the can. It takes a lot of hard stinking work. <laughs> And people need to remember
0: that. I think if I could add number, number six, we're just talking about making mistakes. Those mistakes are our biggest lessons. And it's only going through those hard times that we really learn the things that we need to learn.
1: Oh, absolutely. And sometimes they are expensive lessons.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> we learn from it.
1: I just say, oh, yeah, that was a $10,000 course that just yeah. dropped at my door. And that was really harsh and painful, but I learned. And... And so, yes, and learning from each other, right? And that's how this podcast started, is so that we can share our lessons and our failures and the way we've picked ourselves up so that other people can hopefully avoid those um, falls and slips, but learn from each other for sure. Now, I I love that you are the chief happiness um, officer and the president of Tiber River. And you also are the chief of helping this company grow. So I would love to know, Michelle, your, your top strategies, whether it's one or three for growing your business or a business in general, what would you say? Say, Elaine, these are the strategies for
0: growing your business. For our business um, I specifically was looking at what's been successful for us. That applies to many other um, companies, but um, new products for us is coming out with new products like that is such a driver of our business. And because we're vertically integrated, we could really listen to the markets and bring new products out to uh, out to market. And with because we're a direct sales uh, focused company, that is the future of our, our company is um, our growth comes from new ambassadors. And that is inviting new ambassadors into our community because they are truly our raving fans. And um, they are the key drivers in our business. So that would be number two. I love it. Yeah. And you
1: know, th- go ahead. Three. Go ahead with your number
0: three. Uh, number three would be looking always looking at new markets and areas to grow. So, for example, um, and we haven't saturated Canada, but we wanted to move and move into the new. Mar- we've we've moved into the U.S. So, always looking at growing, and hopefully after the U.S., we go into Brazil. And just make, always making sure that you're moving forward, wow. looking at looking at markets. Yeah, that would be uh, nice. I
1: love it. Very, I love your plan and such ambition. Like the U.S. alone is huge. And of course, now you have a, a, another category of Brazil coming up behind. I love that. And I love how you said, come up with new product. I'm going to rehash what you just said. Number one, come up with new products uh, or services. If they're a service-based product um, company, uh, invite New ambassadors. Now, if you're listening, you're like, well, I, I don't have an, like, I don't direct sales that way. But an ambassador could just be, like, what you said, a raving fan. Like, keep getting those raving fans, get those testimonials, and, and have social media sharers, right? And number three, look for new markets. So true. And, and I want to tag on to this, and I think this is probably one of your number fours, is even to focus on your best customers, because I always say whatever, having an order is wonderful, but having a reorder is even more fantastic. And I know that you do this and hence your new products that you release. Like I I have a table full right here of your amazing products and I I wanna try them all. I wanna see what else is in your catalog and I just want to to try it all. So I guess number four maybe would be Focusing on your best clients and making them return clients.
0: Yeah, the whole, the, the the loop. It's the marketing, introducing uh, whether it's an ambassador or a customer. It's having them try the products, and then it's the follow up and making sure that we're looking after them. Hundred percent.
1: I love that. Now, in your journey, seventeen years of Tiber River. People look at Tiber River, they look at you and Adriana, they go, Oh my goodness, just such a beautiful company. It looks just perfect. Now, we know that there's no such thing as just perfect when it's in being an entrepreneur. And there's a saying that says, You know, tough times never last, but tough people do. Can you share a time, Michelle, of when you had a fail? Uh, Like, uh, I did a mistake or a lesson that you really learned from that happened during your journey?
0: I have many, but there's one that stands out in my mind that I think um, will share a lot of of different messages with people. Um, One, along the way from when we started, we did not, there's always a lack of resources and we were not properly um, from the very beginning in terms of, um, you know, it's, it's easier, almost easier to get, Finance, financial support when you're starting a business as opposed to when you're growing mm. and when you need it or times when you can't get it for whatever reason. And there was a time um, a number of years ago where we needed $50,000 in about 48 hours, or this was back in the day when I was still helping manage the cash flow at my dining room table. And all of these things would have happened. Our payroll would have bounced and Anyways, we, we tried to get, and at that point in time, we could not get the um, support from our banks. And we, I sat down and thought, well, who do I know that trusts, that knows me or knows us, uh, knows our business and trusts us enough and would have the cash that could possibly temporarily borrow us, um, temporarily mm-hmm. borrow us the cash flow. And, and I did, I asked, I, had, I wrote down three, a list of three people and I, I reached out to the first one, and within 24 hours, I remember Adrian and I were sitting at a John Maxwell conference, and got the ding on my phone saying, "Come pick up the check tomorrow." And wow. there's just many lessons in that, where you know, just stepping back to because these are these are scary times, and 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 I'd love to say that was the only time that that has happened, because and it's it's not. But just stepping back and and looking at a situation, there's always a solution. And never being afraid to ask, because the worst answer you will ever get is no. And you know.
1: No, and you don't yeah, you know, a no doesn't mean you start off worse than where you you were. It's just a no. So yeah, taking the bravery and the risk to ask. And it's okay. It's okay. And you know, I, I say this and this is a daily lesson that I'm learning too. It's like it's okay to ask for help. And you know, in my mind I'm like, Oh, I don't want to bother this person who's like offered to be a mentor, but I don't want to bother them because I know they're going through, you know, their own business growth and change. And, but yet we, we say this to ourselves, like, no, we don't want to bother somebody, but you know what? Sometimes. And somebody, so many people have told me this. It's such a gift to give and, and people want to, and, you know, and because they're wise, they will say no, if they can't, but, but, as you said, the worst they could do is say no. So just go for it. Now, I know we've touched on Tiber River, but I'd love to know that, and you've touched on the story of Tiber River. Is there more that you want to add to the story of Tiber River, Michelle?
0: Okay, lots. So it, it's my business partner, Adriana DeLuca, started um, Tiber River in 1999 as a way to stay at home with her young daughter. And her grandmother had taught her how to make soap. Wow. And she literally started making soap at home in her kitchen and selling it at um, you know home parties. And it's interesting because with our direct sales division, we've really gone back to our roots Um, and that, that's how it started and, um, quickly led into other products. People would ask for, you know, if you can make soap, can you make this? And it was, um, literally a a business that just started and that's how a lot of businesses start. You don't even realize, um, you know, if you're following, um, a path, it's, it's amazing where, where it can take you. And the name Tiber River comes from, um, there's a, there's a legend my business partner is a, an avid researcher, and there's a legend: um, the Romans used to sacrifice the animals to the gods on the top of Sapo Hill, and the ashes of that would would roll into the Tiber River, and the Romans would bathe and get clean. And so that that's the story; that's where the name comes from. And it's it's wow. really interesting because Adriana's ancestry is Italian, and the Tiber River, according to legend, is the birthplace of soap. So it's it's a really interesting. Oh, name. that's
1: very interesting. Yeah, you answered a question because I was like, "How did you come up with the name Tiber River?" Absolutely beautiful, great story.
0: a lot, a lot to share, but, um, you know, the key is the beginning and, and where it's, where it's, where we are today and where we're going. Very exciting. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I love that you, your company is, you know, directly involved with your customers. So you get automatic feedback, you get product, new product suggestions. and, And I love that. And, you know, with easy daisies, that's how my product was created it was just when I was in a classroom and parents asked me all the time to make these visual schedules to help their children become more cooperative at home or get out the door faster in the morning. And then, and then, you know, I remember um, a, a different parent saying, you know, if you could just make some labels to help my kids put their clothes away, so we have that now. Or, and then classroom teachers saying, well, where's, where's the classroom version? So I love trade shows because of that. I don't like trade shows and I also love trade shows, but part of the reason I love trade shows is I get to to meet face-to-face with people who are using the product. So I I love what you do. So on that note, your products sell in, oh, sorry.
0: Sorry, I said it's helping my son right now, by the way, your Easy Daisy. Yes, so thank you.
1: Oh my goodness, well, thank you. I'm honored, so honored. And thank you, Michelle. Now, your products—they sell in retail, online, and of course through direct sales through your team of Tiber ambassadors. So, which sales model would you say is the most successful, and and
0: why? Great question. I love that question. So, we have one uh, retail location in Winnipeg. Um, our most successful and the future of our business is our direct sales division. And the reason that is so successful is because we have a team of Tiber ambassadors who they are raving fans. They love our products. Um, We've created this incredible community of passionate individuals. And it's that, um, you know, our purpose is creating happiness and they're all rallying behind our purpose and creating this community and the connection. It's a, it's a very personal way to do, to do business. And it's, it's very special. There's there's so much
1: awesomeness in selling direct through your ambassadors, right? The best way to sell something is word of mouth, right? People are always saying, oh my goodness, you have to try this because they believe in something that they love. So they want to share it. So I love that model. Can I ask how many ambassadors you have right now?
0: We have around 2,000 roughly. Oh my goodness. And again, we're just launching into the US. And I think what, what is the most special? Our our biggest, our, our best product, I think, is our business opportunity. Um, and I'm so grateful that we get to make an impact on people's lives every day. Um, just seeing, you know, so many women being able to stay at home. It's it's just it's really life-changing. It's helping provide that extra income for um, you know, kids to go to hockey or it is whatever it, you know, people need it to be. And uh, I, I love that we're able to do that.
1: I, I love that too. And Michelle, if if one of if someone's listening right now, and would like to be an ambassador for Tiber River, how can they? How can they do that?
0: In Canada, just simply going to our website tyberiver.ca, In the US, tyberiver.com, and um, you can sign up. There's information through there. Or you can reach out to um, on social media, our amazing community of ambassadors. It's, it's pretty easy to find a Tiber River ambassador. So I and love, it. love to welcome you. Yeah. I, I love
1: it. Now, I'm guessing then that Tiber River products are not sold on Amazon or
0: are they? Not. No, not. And like, what is never. the reason? Can oh, I ask? That? We so from the very beginning, um, when Adrian and I partnered, we um, at that time, she was creating products for other companies. and. It's very important for us to, you know, it, it's same as wholesaling. It's taking your brand and hoping that it's represented properly on the other end. And we really want to own, you know, we're vertically integrated. We really want to own the customer experience from purchasing the products to following up the products. And we, we just want to own that. And and by putting it on Amazon, we are. Uh, we're not supporting our ambassadors by doing that, and this is their their business and their opportunity, their bread and butter. Bread and butter. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's. Oh, absolutely makes sense. So, how do you recruit these ambassadors to sell your product? So, we have a lot of really strong leaders, obviously. Um, so, it's they do a lot of the recruiting, and we, you know, support and empower them to build their businesses. Some some people don't want to build a team, and that's completely okay. Before COVID, we would do some really fun events. Um, we called them happiness hours. We would go out very informal, have some have some snacks, have, have a couple cocktails, and uh, connect with people in the community, and our ambassadors would invite their guests. Uh, we do some online events. We um, do opportunity calls, things like that. Um, you know, social media, we're, we're doing some ads to gather some new recruits, but we, we really try to do some, as much as we can grassroots with our existing um, community of ambassadors.
1: And then you also have, it. I think you used to have like an annual conference too.
0: Yeah, we have an annual conference and we also have um, so many fun things. And it's unfortunate we've had our last two sales incentive trips canceled. Uh, we were trying to go to Costa Rica, but with COVID, we unfortunately weren't able to. But oh, soon, wow. Yeah, There's a lot of, and that's the, ma- that's really where the magic comes is, you know, connecting with your, your people and your community. So I love it. They're your front line, right? They
1: are your front line, your biggest raving fans. And I I love that. And of course, your product speaks for itself because thank you for my box of goodies. I cannot wait to try them all spraying my kids as they walk by. <laughs> they
0: just smell better. More of that power play.
1: No, I love it. I love it all. Now, I'm going to ask a question that I know that many of my listeners who are uh, entrepreneurial, whether they have products or a service-based company, what is your best marketing tip? I'm going to say to a product-based business. So someone who's listening saying, I don't know what to do. I don't have funds. Maybe I have a little bit of a budget. What do I do, Michelle?
0: the, The thing that's been most successful for us, and it's still our most effective marketing strategy is getting, simply getting people to try your products. So from the beginning, we would, for example, be everywhere. We were always at different events, different trade shows. And we still do that today. For example, we have a folk festival here. Hopefully it happens this year. Um, it's an amazing music festival where we have a Tiber bowler. We will go and set up and give everybody samples. You know, they're out in the sun. Um, there's a shower. So they'll, <laughs> outdoor, just get, you know, and they can actually, it's it's creating that experience. So It's, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, if we have a sample program that we're going to be starting where people can sign up and, you know, get a free product, it's, it's literally getting the products into people's hands. And it can be as simple as um, a lot of our ambassadors will, you know, take little containers and create their own samples. There's, there's, there's ways to very cost-effectively do things when you're starting out. So get your products
1: into people's hands so that they can try them because if it's, right? It's the product that will speak for
0: itself. I love that. Connect, I, connect people Connect with people. They want, they want to know the person behind the, behind the business.
1: I love that. Now I'm going to surprise you with some rapid fire questions and you're like,
0: what? <laughs> so
1: there's no wrong answer. It is just the first thought that comes to your mind. And I'm going to go right now. And there's only five. Okay. Um, number one, your favorite book.
0: My favorite book I have actually behind me, it's um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek.
1: Ooh, very good. Love that book. Number two, um, your favorite uh, clothing that you wear that just makes you feel more confident?
0: I like suit jackets. For whatever reason, I like comfy, stretchy suit jackets. It just makes me feel...
1: Well, you look stunning. I can see you. (laughs) You look stunning, right? And then with a blazer, you could put that on jeans, a dress, dress pants, and you're good to go. I love it. Number three, your three-step morning routine that you ha- you have to do,
0: whatever it is, three things that you must do every morning. I, I could give you the morning routine that I'm trying to master. I'm trying to exercise for 20 minutes. I'm trying to meditate for 10 minutes, and I'm trying to write for 15 to 20 minutes, and wow. right now, all I've mastered is the I do spend time reading and writing in the mornings. The meditation and the exercise have fallen, but th- those would be my three, my top three.
1: That is that. Those are awesome goals. Great routine. I wonder if you can combine the the meditating
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> with the exercising, or combine two of them. <laughs>
0: And, and read because I can do audiobooks while I'm walking. Yes, like, um, absolutely. There you go. That's the one thing that I want to master this year in 2022 because that, that is the one thing that I can change that will make a difference in every single day. So That is
1: brilliant. I'm going to check in with you. Yeah, make- <laughs> okay. Number four, your favorite breakfast?
0: Uh, I've actually gotten away from breakfast, but I love eggs. I love eggs. I can eat eggs every single day. It's a source of protein
1: it is uh, supposedly nature's healthiest food is an egg. Apparently it has it contains so much. And last one, your social, your favorite social media platform and why?
0: So I have mixed feelings about social media, but uh, for a number of reasons, which I won't get into, but my favorite social media platform for me is Facebook. Um, I think because of my age, my demographic, and I love, I love to connect with people and I find that it's the best platform in order to do that.
1: Love it. I love it all. I and I adore you and I'm just so happy to have had this time with you. Michelle, thank you. Thank you with all my heart for just sharing your wisdom and your heart with all of us today.
0: Thank you so much, Elaine. And I look forward to you holding me accountable.
1: I will. <laughs> I will find you on Facebook, girl.
0: <laughs> yeah, wait until I get my treadmill fixed. Okay. <laughs>
1: Well, I guess you could walk around in snowshoes outside,
0: right? I, I really wanted to. Oh,
1: dear. Yeah. No, I'm not going to make you do that.
0: that but
1: I want to ask if people wanted to find you, Michelle, where can they go?
0: Uh, they can find me on Facebook. That is probably the easiest way. Uh, LinkedIn as well. I'm not as active on LinkedIn, but uh,
1: yeah. Perfect. And I will have all this in our show notes and, of course, the Tiber River websites. And I also want to say thank you to our listeners. Thank you for joining us and Michelle and I. And I know that you probably gained a bunch of wisdom and nuggets from this incredible woman as well. Michelle, thank you again. Thank you so much. Wishing everybody a fabulous rest of the day. Thank you. Bye for now.